Welcome to the Creative Hustle Podcast. The only podcast for creative and artistic entrepreneurs. I'm Aaron Salazar, founder of Poseidon Theater Company in New York City. You need to be kind to yourself in those situations and not let your loneliness affect your self-worth, which is going to affect your truth with your companies and your brands. I'm Hassan Saeed, founder of House Urban, all-natural skin and body care for the professional performer. I think rule number one is integrity. So listen up. Do what you say you're going to do. Do what you say you're going to do. Do what you say you are going to do. Thank you for joining us today. It's time to hustle. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Creative Hustle Podcast. I'm Hassan Saeed, founder of House Urban. And I'm Aaron Salazar, founder and producing artistic director of Poseidon Theater Company. And, and we're so excited that you came back for another episode. Yes. Oh, my gosh. They are listening. If you build it, they will come. We have a 12 listeners, and we're excited because we're in double 16 digits. 16 of you are here. <laughs> and we're excited to have we you. We love you. Aaron, and how's your day going, sir? It's going pretty well. I mean, we're here doing this. Uh, things are moving forward with our show, and um, I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. How's your day going, Hassan? Oh, it's going uh, beautifully. You know, like I went and got my workout in. Yes. Sent some emails, troubleshot some things. I'm finding that entrepreneurship is all about troubleshooting. And troubleshooting. Uh, and daily launches. Yeah. Daily launches. Daily launches. Today, but yeah. Constant something breaks all the time that you need to fix, and it's your job as the boss just to figure it out. You got to keep polishing the gem, like it or not. All right. So today we're talking about everyone's favorite topic: relationships. Relationships. Let's talk about swiping left and right. No, actually, we'll get there. We're <laughs> going to get there, but Can we not. We mean we mean relate, <laughs> but 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 let's be clear: relationships on every level, on every level, and how they impact your growth. In your business, mm-hmm. um, so this and your life, sort of, yeah, in your whole, your whole life, life yo. and that's a good point because mm-hmm. your whole life is really about relationships. And there's this myth that um, nepotism sort of lives in bubbles, right? And that there's this magical place where everyone gets something on merit and how hard they work, and not on their relationship. Did you make that up? Nepotism lives in bubbles. That's nepotism lives in bubbles. This always pearls every pearl here every pearls pair of pearls anyway keep going um so sometimes it's not as overt as maybe i don't know a president hiring his daughter and and her husband to do several jobs and will you reiterate that saying that nepotism doesn't just live on you being good at something (laughs) well well that's well i that my point was that it's nepotism and politics and the politics of relationships is in every facet of life yes particularly of work life. Um, it's easier for you to get a job if you know someone. Yes. Or someone's referred to you. Yes. There are whole HR departments who, before they put out that ad online or the newspaper for that position that's open, they look at their internal talent and they feel them out to see if they know anyone who'd be good for job. Without question. Without question. And and, and even in, in creative spaces, if you're like, hey, I need a graphic designer, what's the first thing you do? You well, ask your friends. We needed a, a, an actor and a company member referred one. So I trusted their referral and right. they're in the show. So when we say, so there's no avoiding nepotism. And in, in, in small ways and large ways, it happens. And that all goes back to relationships. It never ceases to amaze me how people that I've met or worked with 
years ago will call me and ask me, hey, do you want to do this thing? Or I saw that you were working on this. I have a friend that does this. Do you need this? Mm-hmm. And it's a constant sort of symbiotic thing. So growing and fostering your relationships is so important because it's vital not only to your life, but to your business. And that goes with, you know, even if it's people that you don't know, um, if it's vendors or it's someone that you hire, you want to make sure that those relationships are solid and flourishing because they always come full circle. Full circle. I mean, I'm I'm existing in that reality. The uh, St. Maisie Bar and Supper Club, I used to run their downstairs uh, cellar speakeasy uh, venue when they had it running as a full restaurant and we did special events. Years later now, because of my wonderful relationship with the owners, Johnny and Vanessa, we are putting on a production with my company in their speakeasy. Yeah. Simply because... We had a great working relationship and um, also just enjoy each other as people. And who would have thought that that would have been one of our saving graces uh, years later with with theater, you know? Well, that, well, let's talk about that more. So how do, you, how do you get to a point where you have a great relationship with people? Hmm. I think rule number one is integrity. Yes. So listen up. Do what you say you're going to do. Do what you say you're going to do. Do what you say you are going to do. And if for whatever reason you cannot, be upfront about that and be as transparent as possible. Because, you know, things happen. Yes. But the the goal is really to deliver. So A, deliver on your promises. And B, be a good person. Be a good person. And also, there. I always had a mindset when I would go into jobs, especially when I re-entered the workforce of the hospitality world because I knew I was brewing something with my creative career. So I'm like, let's find a way to make money. I went into the job at St. Maisie and every day I assumed I was going to get fired to the, even when I sat down and they promoted me and I went, Oh my God, I thought, I thought I was going to get fired. And the general manager and Vanessa both say the owner go, yeah, that's why you're being promoted <laughs> because I just wanted to show up every day and do my best and follow through with my responsibilities and without even chasing any kind of promotion. Well, here's the thing. And here's what you got early on. And maybe yeah. you didn't realize it in, in the moment. Yeah. You were working like the rent was due every day. Every day. And it was. And it was. And, and it was recognized. And then I was promoted. And then a greater relationship was built. And now, literally, it's beautiful because these two people that I adore as human beings and business owners, we're now in business together with our own companies. And there you have it. Who would have thought that the seed of the birth of that business relationship would have grown and served me years after the job had ended? So here's another tactic for fostering great relationships. Thoughtfulness. And when I say thoughtfulness, I don't necessarily mean that you have to go out of your way and do some big extravagant show of appreciation, but it's the little things. So if you're working with someone that maybe you don't know so well or a new company or a new vendor, a new partner, really make it your business to get to know them. So not only know who they are, but know who the people in their organization are. If they have an assistant, know who that person is. Um, know who's working with and around them. Know their business, know their category. So then when things come up, or you can even speak to, hey, I know that you're probably busy because A, B, and C is happening for you, or I know it's this season, so I'm going to keep my ask minimal. 
having a working knowledge of what someone else's life is right, like right now and showing that to them on the regular basis, along with a little empathy and respect for their time, yes. will get you so much further than I need, I need, I need, or let's do this thing that, we're, that I'm excited to do. All that will come. And if you're in a partnership with someone or you've hired them or they've hired you, that's to be expected. But just showing that you're thinking about them beyond what your immediate needs are mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. be... It'll be a bridge that'll take you a lot farther. Without question. One of my favorite things, uh, and actually maybe not even favorite, I I always uh, put it in any correspondence, even after the relationship is built, thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. Like, I I get that you're busy and and I'm busy and I, I genuinely thank you for your time. And it's funny, out of just the modicum of that much sincerity, it builds and builds and people realize that without you literally brown nosing, you respect what they are and who they are and what they are also trying to build that you're being a part of. And I, I find those little seeds, they, they grow and they flourish and they really manifest um, beautiful things with business relationships. Right. Another tip, follow up. Follow up is so important, especially if you have next steps. Um, I try to make it a habit of if I have a phone call with someone. You're or, so good at it. <laughs> you're so good. This this motherfucker is literally the, like, he's so good at following up. It's it's unbelievable. Well, and I'm also coming from a place where I've worked in um, in corporate environments and in, in agencies where there's so many different moving parts. And when you're building a campaign for, you know, a Fortune 100 or 500 company, there's a lot of shareholders. They all want to know what's going on. And, and so that's on the client end. And then on the back end, there's creative, there's paid, there's accounts, there's all these things that need to be happening. So there can be so many marching orders coming from so many different places. If you don't follow up with next steps, you can get confused or forget things. Mm-hmm. So one, always take copious notes, but two, follow up with this is what I heard, right? Because going back to what we were saying on the first episode, sometimes things become a game of telephone. You're on a conference call with yes. three or four, seven or nine people, and you may be hearing things differently, and it's the minutia. So if you're following up with, this is what I heard next steps were, this is what I heard that you wanted, that gives that other party to say, no, that's not what I meant by that, or no, actually we want this, or yes. we spoke to this person and 100%. this change. So that way you don't get so far down the pipeline that the thing comes up and then you look crazy because it looks like you weren't paying attention and or you don't of, know what's going on. Yeah, and just kind of out of assumption. Right, like assuming that 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 those that the directions that were initially laid out were clearly executed, right? Never or that, you, or that, that what you heard was right, because mm-hmm. sometimes we hear different things. I've been in the room with people who oh, are yeah. like, "Oh, she asked for this," and the, my coworker or whoever will be like, "No, I think she wanted this," and it's like, "Well, no, I'm pretty sure." And we've had to, well, you know, let's just ask because neither of us are clear. People on it. even read things and see something else. I remember there was a very there's a keyword in my. In, in, in my world where uh, review and uh, the word review <laughs> is key in theater. And if someone requests to come and write an article or come to review, those are two different words. And I remember recently that got mixed up and we had to clarify that I'm like, no, no, this person wants to come review, not to come write an article. And it's funny because people in, in our, in let's be honest, we black out when we're in the middle of our to-do list, Mm -hmm. you are in a total blackout of, of deadline, time crunch urgency. So it, 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 it makes perfect sense that there's going to be mistakes that are made. It's like, we do it all the time. Most of us, we text faster 
than our actual words are going. Well, yeah, we, we yeah. move faster than our, our brains move faster than our hands. Exactly. Yeah, and our and my thumbs are too big. Um, <laughs> I too have fat thumbs. But what are you going to do? Uh, I can't. I'm just a person. Um, but yeah, so there we go. The the follow through and the uh, dotting your eyes and crossing your T's. So this is like a few tactical things that you can be doing on in your own personal life to make sure that you're that you're really setting yourself up to win. Um, and there will be more of that as, as we go along. But now we're going to segue into those, those are your business relationships. Yes. And then well, what about your personal relationships, especially when you're growing a business and your personal relationships? Exactly. Your personal relationships when running the business. Um, so one of the mistakes that I feel like people make in life is that they don't understand or know or distinguish the difference between friends and acquaintances. Truth. Um, I don't think that the word friend is something that should be thrown around nilly-willy. I don't think it's a phrase that you should use loosely. I have a 100% agreeance with what Hassan's saying, and I always, this is a very, very crass way of putting it, but I'm like, have you shit in their house? That is not your friend. (laughs) I'm sorry, but someone said that to me once years ago. Because, you know, when you get into the business, people are like, that's my friend. And I'll never forget some, some mofo who's my age now when I was 22 goes, have you shit in their house? That's not your friend. <laughs> and I was like, you, that, you make a very, very good clear. point, sir. Yeah. I mean, it's a really – but I actually clock myself with that when I think about people and what I call them in a status as like friend or acquaintance. Anyway, go ahead. You know, and I have <laughs> – I've developed a whole lexicon around this because it's, it's very rare that you actually hear me call someone my friend. Because you have so, a lot of – Hassan has a – I mean, literally, you – if I'm just going to throw it out there. This this dude could have a reality show. He has like a – it's it's unbelievable the people that are around you. Yeah, but I also – that also comes to me kind of compartmentalizing my life. Yes. I think that everyone sort of plays a role and not everyone can cross over. So I – here's what the problem is. I think that people – you can av- you can avoid a lot of heartache by not overstating your role in people's lives. Let that sit down and – and I think it's a habit that, that it's a habit that we have, right? And and sometimes it's ego, and sometimes it's a feeling of I really bond with this person, but that doesn't mean that you take up the space in their life that you think you do in your head. And that's where feelings get hurt, Ooh. and that's where the lines have to be drawn. And Hello. sometimes it just blurs a little too quickly. So how I tend to avoid that is I keep things pretty separate and compartmentalized. Um, even amongst the people that you call your friends, not every friend that you have is going to be good for everything. Well, not everyone's going to need to hang out in one fell swoop. And when they do, that's that's fine as well. But those are called events. Um, right. It's like a birthday. And sometimes not even then, let's be real. But even then. But it, it's but going back to friends and acquaintances, um, in terms of building a, a network and, and your business, you're going to have a lot of acquaintances. You're not going to have too many friends. And if you have a lot of friends in business, you're probably doing it wrong. Well, sir, this there's, a, there's an author that's a friend of our company member, Dara, um, her name's Sarah Kleist, and she wrote a pretty nice little spotlight on her. She wrote an article recently about work friends, and she said it so that the, so that the people that sometimes you work with don't take up all the energy you would give someone that's more personally invested in you. Be friendly, but don't mistake that for being friends. Absolutely. Be friendly. Be friendly in all of your interactions, but there's a difference between a friend and an acquaintance. And I think these are things that should be defined personally. We all have different boundaries, right? And, and, and different levels of, 
of the friend threshold and, and what trust. that looks like and trust. Trust. You also don't want to give away your intellectual property to everyone. Because that's a big mistake I feel like a lot of people make with acquaintances out of out of passion for their projects. Yeah, I also kind of feel like even if someone's your friend, you shouldn't be giving them too much anyway. I, I think it's a fine line between... There was another topic that comes up frequently. Um, I personally don't believe that my friends are obligated to be my customers. Just don't. Word. I, you are obligated to be my friend. You are not obligated to buy anything for me and i'm not mad about it if you choose to do so that's cool but i'm not the person who launches something and is like well you didn't buy it well no that's not their responsibility it is my responsibility to build a customer base outside of my friends and my family and if i can't do that i need to shut my doors well it's interesting that you say this because this is where we're on two different sides of a coin like With a tactile product versus wanting the people in your life to come see a show, those are very two different situations. Are they, though? I think so, because I'm, I feel like I would like to think that... I mean, first of all, I only have five friends, so the argument is like a moot, because Hassan will always come see one of my damn shows. But I would like to think that the people in my life would come see the show's... I produce. Um, also, though, I can't take that show. It's different. Like with theater, theater isn't something you take it back as an impression on your person, but you don't actually get to live with it at home or in your pocket or whatever you have on your person. But um, I think that, that it still stands. It doesn't though, sit right? on your like, shelf. Whereas, great that you want them to come, but the thing is, it's Aaron. Aaron's always going to be working on a show. Yeah. There's always going to be another one. It's true. And secondly, if Aaron doesn't get asses in the seats that don't belong to his friends, he doesn't have a season. Actually, though, I never depend on my friends to be the asses in the seats. Let's be you fucking know? clear about that shit. So but first of all, that's one thing. No, I and you know this and anyone around me knows this. Um, We'll talk about this in another podcast, but theater people tend to not actually support theater. So I never depend on them to be the people who fill up my house but what i'm saying is i can't expect like this circle of maybe 20 people that i love that are around me that would come support me to float my theater company nor can you expect them to float your brand you've got to think outside that box and it's not fair to lean on them for your fiscal success yeah and also you you know you need those you need those people in reserve right you need them to be your cheerleaders you want you know, if you let's say that you have let's you, say that you have 20 you, friends right you, need them you want at least cookie. five of them yeah. that you can lean on when it gets rough yes you don't want to necessarily advertise that to everybody you need so, someone to eat a cookie with yeah hello um it's a real thing so yes i mean there there you go with friends versus acquaintances all right let's talk about it He's got that hungry look in his eyes. That's right. Like there's a cupcake and I've just given up sweets for summer. All I can think about right now is things that have frosting, icing, and that are frozen and made out of cream. Okay. Um, And this podcast. All right. Personal relationships while you're chasing your brand. And let's be real. Chasing your empire. Um, you can expect them to suffer. You can, uh, okay. <laughs> Despite best efforts, right? Like it's, we're all humans with 24 hours during a day. And by nature, we're self-involved. I mean, like Joan Crawford said it, the greatest role you play in your life is yourself. 
Right. So, and you know, and, and, and humans are complicated and we all need different things at different times. And at some point, you as one whole person, you're not going to be able to meet everyone's needs and you're going to have to assess that and it's, it's going to come up. Well, yes. And also, let's be honest. Most people in this world would like a partner in crime romantically because then there's someone to build this with, right? Two things that happen when you're hustling. It's very difficult to find someone who's going to deal with your schedule. Then the flip side of it, let's say you're lucky enough to find someone who puts up with the fact that you're an asshole, okay? Making sure- Or working really hard. Or working really hard. (laughs) No, but you know what I mean? It's like, you know, like basically, I mean, I always say this to people. I'm like, relationships are fairly simple. Like if you can find two people who can put up with each other's bullshit and you like to eat and fuck, like Chris Rock says, it's people need to breathe through that shit, but that's a whole nother podcast, Uh, like an entire show. Um, That's not this show. But- like with the person in your life that you're spending your time with romantically, it is going to happen where sometimes all you do is come home and rant on them about what's gone on with your day with business. And they're going to turn and look at you and say, um, you haven't even asked me about my day. And that's fair because the person that you're spending your time with, like romantically, is also the person you're sharing your bed with, is also the person you're sharing your mind with. But, you know, I think that that applies to all of your personal relationships, though. Yes. That applies to your friendships, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to be the person, let's say, let's say you have a platonic friend, or it's a best friend. If you're the person who's constantly gets on the phone and dumps, and is like, okay, well, I got to go, and you do that enough times, that's going to become an issue. <sighs> this goes back to what we talked about a few episodes ago about the sacrifice you know, there is a sacrifice that comes with chasing your hustle. Uh, for example, I'm in a relationship now, but prior to that, I was basically not for almost six years. I mean, I dated here and there, but nothing serious happened. And frankly, it wasn't because uh, I wasn't able to find people to go on dates with or find the time. They couldn't even just deal with my schedule. They just couldn't, literally couldn't handle it. Like, I can't deal with your schedule. You're great. Can't dig it. And most people can't. So there is a level of that where, you need to be kind to yourself in those situations and not let your loneliness affect your self-worth, which is going to affect you building your truth with your companies and your brands. You also have to be honest about what it is that you want and what you're building. And I think that sometimes when you start to build a business or you're really like in the thick of chasing a bigger vision or you start playing bigger in the world, any problems that you had prior to that happening are going to be magnified. Magnified. So sometimes I think we bury our, our heads in the sands of work to avoid what's actually happening or what's going on in our relationships. Amen. And it always, my, my mom always says, whatever doesn't come out in the wash will come out in the rinse. Boop. So it, it the truth always comes out and, and nothing exposes the truth like time, right? So you have to be very um, very clear on on on. Going back to what you want, but also enrolling people in your vision, right? So if you know that you're taking a, sometimes you don't realize that you're taking a big step until after you've taken it, right? Like the train leaves the station and you think it's going to be one journey and it's a whole other one. And you might have to check in with the people in your life and you may just have to, and a lot of that's just assessment, right? Where I had a point last year, Q4 where I just made a public declaration. And I, I love like, his Q4s. He's like Q2. His Q4s yes. always nuts. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, um, 
I realized that I've been a really shitty friend to a lot of people. I was not available. People were gone months on them without seeing me. I was bad about returning texts. Um, trying to get me on the phone was almost impossible because there was a lot going on. I was barely getting six hours of sleep at night. And I had to laser focus or none of it was going to get done. Um, yep. So being aware of that. And, and knowing that other people are making the time for me, I had to kind of lay it out there. And I said, hey, listen, one of my goals for 2017 is to spend more time with more of you. So I'm letting you know now that the rest of this year is a wash. But Q1, January to March, I'm going to have a little bit more time. So go ahead. If you, if you want to spend more time with me, go ahead and PM or DM me and we'll start planning now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed on its surface, right? If you see something like that in your feed, I know it can come off as very like self-important. Who the fuck do you think you are? However, y'all did not see the flood of requests that came in. <laughs> and people who were genuinely just like, hey, I miss you. Or hey, I want to hug you. And I know you've been really busy. And I know you're getting after it. Um, so I want to schedule my time with you now. And it was a great... It was. It just kind of reinforced that people want to see you win, but they want to know that you're thinking about them as well. And however you can show that or show up for them, it's only going to benefit you in the long haul, even if you don't actually get around to it, right? So some of those people, we had tried to sort of schedule some things and we both couldn't work it out. Mm-hmm. But it put us in a much better place because we were both trying and there was the awareness of, but you're trying to see me and we're trying to get this time in. So I think you have to really take stock of where you are at with each of these relationships. And sometimes, too, what I got out of being that busy yeah. and having to make that declaration and seeing the requests that were coming in, some of those requests I were not willing to honor. There were a couple people where I was like, I like you, but I don't like you like that. And we <laughs> we weren't that close to begin with. Or like, this goes back to to uh, my original point earlier of, of overestimating your your role in people's lives. Some people thought they were more important than they actually were. And I paid those requests dust. Like, I, I was just like, well, that won't be happening. Not this year. And a lot of times it's not worth having the, the conversation of, oh, I don't really want to spend that much time with you because a person isn't necessarily a bad person. But there are people who require a lot more time and energy than you're willing to give at any given moment. And that's sort of a different issue. But I think my, to make a long story long, if you're willing to take stock Notice where you are faltering or maybe where you are, are bad about communicating and attempt to clean that up. It can make a big difference. Now, on the other side of this, I can speak about this on a very immediate level. If you have a boo, a romantic boo in your life, you need to actively make sure that you are looking that person in the eye and seeing that person you first flirted with that sparked that connection that has fucking nothing to do with your business that you don't dump your day on or because they love you, you do dump your day on. And then you both talk about how you like yogurt. That's silly, but you know what I'm saying? Or you watch whatever dumb TV you want and you have some time together like I was talking to Hassan about it. I'm like, I'm in trouble with my boo. And he's like, you, first of all, you need to get off the phone and go uh, hug him. And I was like, mm-hmm. Cause <laughs> Those are know, my exact words. Literally, he goes, you need to get off the phone. And then you get off the phone and goes, blah, blah, blah. Because I knew to go hug him right now. 
And I was like, oh, fuck, you're absolutely... Because he calls me. He calls on the phone, and we're we're going back and forth, and we're planning things for the podcast, and we have other projects we're working on, and, and then, like and we both have like an mm-hmm. hour, and he's like, and I'm in trouble because, you know, because my boyfriend, blah, 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 and I'm like, well, dumbass, why are you talking to me? Get off the phone. I'm going to be here tomorrow. Go handle that. You have to share a bed with this man, like... Settle that. Yeah, and also too, you know, if we're lucky enough that we're looking at someone across from us that we like to kiss, and you're thinking, hey, maybe you might be around for the ride, you know, you've got to look at the bigger perspective of why are we chasing this shit, right? It's because we want to build a life that eventually we can enjoy. And romantically and personally, platonically, you want the people around you that you love, being the key word here, to be part of that life you enjoy. And if all we do is punch at the bag of success, you're going to pull away and everyone's going to be gone. And you're going to be atop your tower maybe with some success, but alone. And so it's important to continue to harness that love and to make time for it no matter what the relationship is. Which brings me to our next point. Work-life balance. How? I mean, hard. I think it's a myth. And I, I 1,000 zillion percent agree. And it's interesting that Hassan's saying this. You, you, I don't, if I've never expressed it to him because he's my friend and we're ethnic, so you know, we don't kiss each other's ass like that. But um, uh, maybe cut that. Uh, I'm always so amazed by Hassan's tenacity to what I even perceive, even though he expresses to me as a close friend that he feels like sometimes it's not happening, his balance with his work in his life and I mean that in the sense of almost some real everyday shit. Like the fact that he's like had the podcast recording session that we're recording today that's taking hours, but got my workout in, uh, counting my macros, uh, going to it, blah, blah, blah. I'm always amazed by that, that he somehow gets that to-do list done, which to me, I see that in my perspective as a balance of work and life. For example, before the baby started really getting up to be a toddler, the uh, aka the theater company, I was working out six days a week making sure I ate everything correctly, taking care of my health, blah, blah, blah. The second that stuff took off, I literally became a dad with a kid on my arm. Like I, I, I stopped, I, something fell by the wayside and, and, and there, the balance was lost. Now it isn't to say that I've become a total mess, but something had to give. And there you go. If I'm not taking care of my health, i.e. all of us aren't, which is part of work and life balance, then how are you going to continue to make that product happen? Well, that's to your point. Thank you for the compliment. But I don't I don't feel like I'm good at work-life balance, right? So like me getting my workout in and watching what I'm eating, that is vital to the machine continuing to run so I can work 12 hours a day because then I'm, I'm, I'm foggy. Um, I think that my – so I'm good about that because it's part of my the structure of my day. But where I am challenged is my personal life. So it's hard for me – to get out and see people and to socialize. And I try to make time for it because I'm trying to be a better friend. But like personally, like going on dates and the like, it is not happening. Well. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Free, come on, okay. Salazar. No, no, no. But I will also say this, and I this is not a criticism. You know, Hassan is also very specific succinct about what he wants in a partner as well he should be that's not even a read he is not much like he is with his business in his romantic life he's not fucking playing games like he's not really there and especially now that our time is super fucking limited 
If I didn't have a boyfriend right now, I wouldn't have one at all. I wouldn't even be dating. The only reason is that that, that he luckily slipped in right before the shit at the fan. Okay. And has somehow hung on. God bless his heart. But like what I'm saying is he always has been. And now with his limited time, he specifically doesn't have time for a callback if you fucked up that audition. Yeah, there's that. And also, I uh, I was saying this to someone the other well, day. Well, Desmond Richardson's not single. Well, so let's I get mean, that out of the way. I mean, he's just, what are you going to do? I, he, mean, I mean, Off the table I mean, for a long time. And Sophia Vergara married her. <laughs> so what oh are you going to do? Oh. But um, I was saying this to someone the other day and that I am surrounded, and this is by design also, because I weed out all the trash, but I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm surrounded by nothing but incredible people. So everyone in my Truth. life, I'm inspired by, it's in one way or another, right? And and it's something I take very seriously. I'm, I have, I am in this, I have a community of just incredible people who are up to big things in their lives and in the world. So unfortunately, mm. what happens is when your friends are those people, when you meet other people, well, when I meet other people, I can only speak for myself. I'm usually pretty underwhelmed by the options. Fair enough. And it's just, you know, where I'm looking at someone who's like, oh, let's go on a date. And I'm like, okay. So like, go, we go on the date. Number one, I'm not good at small talk. So like, I dive deep quick. People get uncomfortable with that, right? So we'll set it. We've never talked about this. We'll do you get in there? Do oh, you, like, yeah. Well, do, you, I said, well, do you cut deep right off the right, bat? Right, because not do only. Do you throw away the nachos and see what the skillet looks well, like? Pretty much. Because one, it's like, okay, it's a first date and that's already awkward. And I want to, A, I want to know the answers to the questions. And you don't necessarily have to answer them. But how are you going to handle them? So if we're on a first date and I'm sitting across from you and we've gotten all the pleasantries out of the way. And I go, so who is it in your life that you're still trying to impress? You asked that question on a date? Sure. Oh, shit. Oh my God, we're gonna have an off microphone conversation. <laughs> Why not? I, or when was the last time you cried? I oh my God, Hassan. Either you can handle it or you can't. Because here's the thing: that's tip of the iceberg. And if you know me, you know. But you're that I'm very warm. You're sassy, but you're warm. That's gonna be your next off brand. Sassy and warm. <laughs> but, I, but right, like, but like you. But there's a way to finesse that without answering the question. But show me that you're still interested in what we're talking no, about. No, I mean obviously too. If someone's gonna appreciate you, they've got to appreciate you. All of that, All of it. and it only gets easier from there for See, the most I, part. this is where I'm a director. I'm very good at like making sure that the story comes and acts. <laughs> okay. I start with what I do with my audiences. I plunge you into a world and you see if you're vibing on that shit. And then if you hang out through intermission, you're going to see how that show turns out. I, I definitely am much more chemistry based. Like, it's almost kind of how the first way I feel in the first 10 minutes of a show. Oh, well, if I'm not, if I'm not, I'm going on a date with you. No, 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 I know. But I, like for me, like, for example, these are also two different points of view, which makes perfect sense, actually, for what both of us do with our business. I am uh, to a fault uh, driven by my initial feelings. Feelings, not even meaning like, oh, I'm going to marry this person. I'm blah, 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 blah. But just like that initial wash of atmosphere is actually what I'm affected by. Mm -hmm. The atmosphere in which I'm meeting you, the atmosphere in which I first caught your eye, the atmosphere of the sounds around us and how you play into the movie uh, uh, like scene of this moment. And then from there, I, I continue forward. Uh, but here we go too. We're talking about literally our philosophies on romance, but there you go. All that plays into also our philosophies on our work. Right. You know? Well, and, yeah. And, and I yeah. think that you should be in business, especially if you're the boss, it's all about, you should be making precise, quick decisions. You have to, in order well, to survive. What's interesting too, is you and I both create experiences that 
ultimately can be umbrellaed under the word romantic. There's a romantic. Oh, it's it's all romance. Absolutely. It's all romance. It's romancing people into believing and suspending disbelief of a story. It's romancing people into the luxury of 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 fulfilling yourself with something that's yeah, beautiful. Like a, a fragrance is all story. All story. It's all that's story. All it it's all and it's, super and it's personal a romance story. And it's a fantasy that you actually get to make into a reality for that moment. Um, and there you go. I mean, you can't, you know, the, uh, Ilona is uh, this incredible um, artist who actually was featured in um, Aging Gracefully or what's the name of the documentary. Anyway, she's she's brilliant. And uh, she she's in her 90s now. And she sat outside of where she lives uh, at the at the Beatrice Inn, and she goes, "You can't have everything." And I remember just looking at this happy woman in her nineties, and with peacock feather eyelashes on, and she's like, "You can't have everything." Right. And that doesn't mean you can't have a relationship, but I mean, I think also we can't be so damn selfish. You can't get everything in the way that you want it either, right? Yeah. There's going to be some sacrifice. There's going to be some things that you're going to have to let go of here and there. And in terms of work life balance, that. That's it's a myth that's been made up by uh, perception. Yeah, but it, I feel like it's. Where, where I feel like that's it, the thing that's been made up by the media. Yeah, and where do you think that it's interesting? Let's let's tag on to this before. It's we... that idea is advertising, right? Where you can have, you know, do you think it started family. in the fifties? Sorry, like where it's like. Ba, 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 ba. I wouldn't say it started Martha in the fifties because because right. I think that work life balance in particular is a little misogynist in that it's really marketed to women. Yes. You know, you notice that men are never really pressured to have work-life balance. If a man is a workaholic, it's fine because he's a provider. While with women, they're expected to, uh, A, work their asses off, and B, still get married or have kids, and then balance both of them if they choose to do that. And the expectation is you will get married and have kids if you're a woman. But the other thing is that you... If for whatever reason there isn't enough money in your income or in your home and you're married or you're not, you should be able to care for them. So it's the it's this dichotomy of, oh, you're a woman and you say you can you can do everything a man can do. So go earn it. But also you have these other responsibilities and the world will not forgive you if you're a bad mother or you're not a good wife or you're not fulfilling your wifely duties. So somehow you have to find the balance and really the onus and that has been marketed to them and on them for decades. That is the absolute and total truth. One hundred percent. So we're starting to trickle in now that we're seeing more men staying home and starting their own businesses and it's not. They're not just going to work. Sometimes they're, they're doing creative things and that yes. sort of thing. So now it's become a bigger discussion. But really, if we're going to get down to brass tacks, mm-hmm. that is a burden that women have to wear 85% more than men do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's because they, they, they create life. You know what I mean? And, and we all, you know, I mean, look at. Being an adult is essentially trying to get over your childhood. I mean, that's, 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 I didn't even make that up. You know, we all know that we're all trying to recover from our childhoods, whether they were good or bad. Um, But that's a very good point you make about that misogyny. And it's interesting now because I think as we moderately evolve, um, there is that myth of having it all and feeling guilty if you think you don't have it. Right. And the thing that I hear most from from female entrepreneurs is, especially the ones, a lot from female entrepreneurs, particularly ones who are moms, is they have a hard time balancing the guilt. Mm-hmm. 
I have to go to work and I don't have the time with my kids or I'm going to miss something. And then when they're with their kids, it's they're getting the side eye because they're not at the meeting or they're not there 12 hours a day with the rest of the team. Um, it's a constant it's a constant back and forth for them. And it's something that I, I mean, I empathize with because I grew up in that, right? Where my, I grew up in a, in a house with a very hardworking mother. Mm-hmm. And she had two kids, but she had to go to work. And she worked 16 hour days. You had it. So I had to take on a lot of responsibility that maybe I shouldn't have taken on at that age, but who was going to do it? And it was necessary. At the same time too, though, it gave you a foundation of who you are today. Well, that's the thing, right? They, like you had my learn. level of responsibility and my sense of urgency. And your work so ethic. different. My work ethic your is work so ethic. different, right? Yes. You know, and I, and there are t- days when I I don't allow myself off the hook because I think, okay, well, my mom reported to a men's prison for 16 hours a day for 25 years. Damn. Get your ass up and go hustle whatever it is that you have to do. Because yes. she worked too hard for you to be a slacker. Mm-hmm. So that sh- it's, it's ingrained in me and it's not always healthy. Um, fair, fair. But I don't have the luxury of not doing it. Yes. So all of that, childhood trauma, my dating life, and <laughs> everything else aside. Romance. We're going to go to a quick break. Yeah. The Creative Hustle Podcast is brought to you today by House Urban, all natural skin and body care for the professional performer. Now, the House Urban brand is known for its use of natural ingredients, clean formulations, and handcrafted small batches. Paired with stylish packaging and show-stopping fragrances, it's developed a cult following amongst Broadway performers and pro makeup artists. The products are designed to align body and spirit in order to advance one's career, not hold it back. And we have a very special gift for you Creative Hustle listeners. If you visit www.houseurban.com and enter the code CREATIVEHUSTLE, you'll get 20% off your first order. So listen, you're going to feel really good, your face is going to look great, and you're going to book that gig. And I'm pretty sure you'll be a house bunny after that. Houseurban.com. We have all of your needs. Look like art. Smell like love. The Creative Hustle Podcast is brought to you by Poseidon Theatre Company's production of The Cooping Theory, Who Killed Edgar Allan Poe, an intimate, multi-sensory, immersive ghost story located in a 150-year-old speakeasy in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Creative Hustle Podcast listeners can save on tickets with code CREATIVE. Get yours today. Don't laugh at me, Hassan. That's what I'm not this... laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. He's laughing with me. But I'm kind of laughing at you. Kind of laughing at me. But, you know, that's our friendship. Um, so, uh, we are introducing something new here to infuse a little bit of love into this podcast. Because we spent an hour yelling at you. We spent an hour. I was just saying, <laughs> Uncle Aaron and Uncle Hassan are just yelling at these poor children. <laughs> They're sitting there with their eyes blinking like precious moments characters. And we need to talk about the fact that at the end of the day, uh, it is safe to say that me and my friend here, we are deeply sentimental, romantic guys. And uh, we know you are too. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this nonsense. We are introducing to you a new segment called Love letters. Oh. 
so the point of love letters is to guy share the things that we love right now or things that we're in love with or even the people mm-hmm. um, so you can check them out for yourself and hopefully you get as much joy out of them as we currently are. it should also be said that we get no this is not out of sponsorship this is literally out of us having nothing but love for the people that we're going to mention or, correct or, not not hashtag ad no, no hashtag no, sponsored no, nope nope it's nope, just nope. because we absolutely love it at the moment just love it, it is the lisa frank sticker of my emotional self so that felt like that was aimed at me it was not a personal attack because <laughs> <laughs> i love some lisa frank. oh my god with their big <laughs> like, eyes because who doesn't love who doesn't a love giant dolphin a giant dolphin wearing a hair bow wearing a hair bow with <laughs> eyelashes <laughs> i feel better about myself yeah i mean that's my my spirit animal is it should be said that Dolphin. one day I will post on the Creative Hustle Podcast Instagram Hassan's extensive catch, uh, collection of Hello Kitty things. You know, see, now you're being misleading. So I don't have a large collection. It's just the strategic, strategic, strategic items. Strategic items, but impressive items. <laughs> impressive ones where I'm like, is that a... Okay. <laughs> All right, so Hassan... Yes. Who, who's filling you with love? Oh my gosh, right there's now. so much. I've had an incredible week. I've gotten to bear witness to a lot of amazing pieces of art and uh, literature and vocals and like literature. It's been an amazing just week for um, for good vibes and, and art. Uh, art. And there's so much to choose from. But I think that I'm going to write my love letter to an organization called Musical Theater Factory. So the Musical Theater Factory is an organization here in New York City, and it's an incubator for new musical theater talent. So people who are writers, composers, choreographers, directors, if they have something that they're working on, even if it's a morsel of a piece, they have all these options to take it to the factory, as as they call it, and work on it and to grow it until it's on its feet and and a more... um, fleshed out piece there's um that's incredible yeah so the showcase was called the assembly line and and essentially you got to experience um a piece of work from every from sort of every track that they have there at the factory were they in different um phases of development yeah so and in different like different programs so they have their um one of the missions of the musical theater factory is to center the voices of people of color and lgbt people in musical theater because it is a whole bunch of white Mm -hmm. folks across the board on stage off stage creatively producers and, and our stories don't really get told. So that's one of their missions. So they have what's called a POC roundtable where Amazing. people can drop in and they kind of share what it is that they're working on and they can get feedback on it. And then they have like a cafe where you can actually come and play 15 minutes of whatever it is that you're working on in your piece. I love that. Then they have like a director's program where they pair you up with a musical director or with this bunch of art of actors so you can start to work on pages. So every sort of level of the factory gets closer and closer to a full production. They regularly do presentations like every two weeks. They're like 10 bucks. People can watch in or drop in and watch the, watch the work. There was a one, one, um, composer there. His name is Michael R. Jackson. Get it, and Michael. he is a working on a piece. Um, and the name escapes me right now, but it's basically a black queer coming of age piece. And, uh, it has won the Jonathan Larson Award. It's won the BMI Award. It's it's gotten all the awards this season for a good reason. And it just I got one song from it and was like, what? Where can I see this? Why is it not oh, yet? It's so great. And they're nonprofit, so none of the artists pay for any of these facilities. Amazing. Or, or any, That's amazing. Yeah. Um. And they're actually sponsored by um 
The space that they're sponsored by is the Signature Theater. So they have they now have office spaces and a black box space in that building they share. Um, and it's run by a fabulous woman by the name of Shakina, who literally at one point was sleeping in that theater to keep everything free and moving for all the artists there. Yes, so, unbelievable. So to see all of these artists from different disciplines giving of their time and, and, and getting to see like a preview of what we could be seeing on the main stem not too long from now and just artists who were given the opportunity to just flex their muscle um it was it was beautiful and um you know check them out online it's musical theater factory i think it's dot org you can see what they're up to donate if you can because that's how they how they survive and thrive and they can continue to offer these services and i was really fortunate and shout out to my good friend jason vasquez um jason has been a very good very good friend of mine for well over 10 years now and he is on the board of musical theater factory and is just dedicated to throwing them all of the money and any way he can so i want to thank him for his work and his altruism and for inviting me that day um they had an impressive wine and cheese plate after i mean it was just all kinds of win so that's who my love note goes to good job musical theater factory and all the artists there and if you can check them out please do all right so on another side of 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 things you know hassan's shout out is to something that's grassroots and wonderful and the umbrella of this show that I've been so moved by is Grassroots because as we know our beloved PBS is under attack. Is under attack. Okay. First of all, PBS I'm sure it's not me literally was responsible for not only blowing my mind with the brilliance of Jim Henson and Sesame Street as a young person, but it was the first time that my little brain exploded at the great performances uh uh broadcast of into the woods mm. to be a young preteen boy and to have my mind explode watching Stephen Sondheim and that uh Stephen Sondheim's work and that brilliant original cast led by Burdenette Peters and Chip Zian and Joanna Gleason changed my life definitively and also all the programming on there like they would have all like the mini shorts of like people doing different like claymation and animation, just like to have my imagination percolate. I'm so grateful to them. And now they're offering us a show that I know many people are talking about and you wouldn't think it the damn great British (laughs) baking show. Okay. This show is hosted by, this is what I want to focus on Sue Perkins and Mal Gitterick. Is that what we think? It's Gitterick. Gitterick. G-I-E-D-R-O-I-C. There are these two um, uh, ladies who have been a uh, performing team, uh, have like been in, have done all the rounds, been in Edinburgh, um, and have really, you know, created a life for themselves. Uh, they host this show with this wit and this humor and this empathy that I find so touching. And the thing about the show I'm so moved by is that as much as we're talking about business, the guests on this show don't win anything but the pat on the back that they were the master baker. It is uniquely un-American. Uniquely (laughs) un-American. It is shot in a beautiful preserved, because in in the UK they have, it's called a British, oh, I forget the name, but it's their version of the national park system. And I'm forgetting the name right now. I'm sorry for anyone that I'm I'm offending from the UK, but it's it's your brilliant national park system. It's like what, it's the, like if you ever go out there and you go to Stonehenge, that is maintained by what they're, I think it's called historical. It's something, something. Anyway, needless to say, they film on a location that is part of their national park system in a tent. So not only are what they would consider their confessionals with the guests, they shoot them under a tree. 
they cut to ducks in a pond. They cut to the breeze blowing. Like someone's talking about, well, that wasn't my best scone today. And what they do is they get all these people. They don't keep them all week. They go home during the week. They bring them back to the tent for the weekend. And they are literally amateur bakers. Amateur, the root of that word meaning for the love. And they get a bunch of people where literally they're like, today, Sharon, a woman who works as an executive in her office that deals with paper clips. <laughs> like, no, Sharon's mother was, and that, and it's like all these people, they'd be like, Patrick is part of the family business of roofing. But this dude makes like brilliant cakes and they literally do it as their way of zenning out. And then they get all these like-minded people who just literally love baking, which first of all, anyone who likes sweets and baking, it's interesting in the opening credits, they show a little girl eating some frosting. It's because I think that for most of us, our sentimentality connected to food is from our childhood. It's when we ate something that was created for us with love and it made us feel something. And it's what I think we're always chasing with food, right? We're always chasing that sentimentality of love. Um, and they get all these people under a tent. There's no animosity. It's not dark. And they give them these really challenging challenges. So is it, I mean, I haven't seen this show yet, but I've heard you, a lot about it. You do get it. eliminated. I, what you, is, how does it compare? Because visually I can see the comparison or the contrast between something like that and like Cupcake Wars, where they're like in this faux bright warehouse of a kitchen and they're all like i need to win because mm, and i need this two hundred thousand no you don't win any money so i so we got that but in terms of like the spirit of competition how does that play here's what's incredible about the spirit of the show every person on that show is competing with themselves Mm. and their skill set and they all go at it with the fervor of love and then like when they get eliminated i'm seriously choking up you like cry because they're just so earnest and there's no malice. And here's what I was so touched by, by Sue and Mel when they host them. So they go around and they're the buffers to the two uh, professionals, Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood. You can't make it up, can you? Um, who are two, like, they're kind of like the the tip, tip top of, of the baking world uh, for what they do, right? Um, and they come through and they're the more critical eye and they give you a technical challenge, a like traditional challenge, and then something that's just absurd where it's something that no one's ever seen before. And they give you an elusive recipe and then everyone just goes. And what's interesting is that another guest can help another, another uh, competitor can help another competitor and there's no deduction. Like if someone's failing and you're allowed to have someone jump in and help you just out of the spirit of camaraderie and there's no money and they literally, and at the end of it, they bring back everyone that was eliminated and have a huge picnic and someone wins. And you're like, what? What the? And what's interesting is that when they get stressed out, literally, because you, they always have like the young whippersnapper who's like, Bethany is 18 years old. It's her first time on blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's just some girl who happens to be a little savant, right? And then they have like always some guy who like is Zeta. And now they have always like the really like good looking couple kids there. And what's also interesting too is that because it's the UK and obviously there is a variety of different races living in the UK, it's every color of the rainbow, which I find interesting. Okay. So it's a very fascinating template of the antithesis of what an American competition is. And their host, Sue and Mel, literally when the get when the when the when the uh, 
guests on there start to have meltdowns. Like sometimes they start crying in the middle of, of the pressure. They'll go up to them and be like, it's just a cake. Like, no, no, no. They're like, no, it's fine. You're fine. It's just a piece of bread. Like you're like, don't like you are fine. Like it's okay. And it's just so interesting to watch a show that ultimately is about love. Mm. And reality TV at that. And reality Not manufactured TV, love, but actual like just. literally just a bunch of people getting under a tent and they're surrounded by love. And when someone's eliminated, even Mary and, and Paul, they all hug them and tell them they did a good job and like, don't give up. Like, you know, keep baking. Like, this is what you love to do. And like, you got on here and like everyone, it's just the, the sense of camaraderie, the sense of team spirit, the lack of animosity. And then on top of that, they're making delicious things is just such a lovely, uh, respite is that the right word yeah from the competitive industries that we work in and just the competitive general nature of kind of our country because we're brand new and we want to win (laughs) and i i just find it very touching and it's just something i love a lot right now and it reminds me with my work that i'm like you do this because you love this and ultimately you want to get a bunch of people in the dark and share that love and if they leave happy then I've done something right. And if we make some money off of it so we can keep continuing that love, word. This makes me want to cry into a cupcake. <laughs> you will cry. That was beautiful. You need to Let watch my, it. I need to go see Great American Cupcake episodes <laughs> Oh my God. It's so touching. And there you go. But yet again, a wonderful example of PBS was like, Okay, you guys want a reality competition show? Well, this is how we do it. I mean, I think it's, it PBS. really just speaks to PBS and like just how did not compromise their values, did right. not compromise the spirit. They're gonna do it, but we're gonna do it our way. Because PBS really, ultimately, right? It's a channel that is about the spirit of humanity. That's what they celebrate. They celebrate the spirit of humanity. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna challenge you here. Okay. So is your love note for PBS or for the Great British Cupcake? My love is for the great British baking show and PBS. Okay. It's symbiotic. It's symbiotic because the one would not exist without Without the the other. other. Okay. And also, too, they deserve love because they've given us nothing but love Mm. our whole lives. Well put. Well, speaking of nothing but love, thank you for joining us yet again for another episode. For listening to two angry caffeinated boys. (laughs) Just trying to make life happen and hope that we can share some of our wisdom with you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, Don't forget to follow us, like us, download, review, Instagram, rate. Websites, SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, especially on iTunes. Facebook we need you right now. Way. Facha Booker. Facha, the, the book with the face. I want my face. <laughs> it's time for us to go. All right. We love you <laughs> we guys. Love you. Remember, don't get it perfect. Get it going. See you next time. Yeah.